Maybe he's on to something here. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, happy what what day is it? Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Of course. Yeah. Taco Tuesday. Hey, what's up, Stace? What's <laughs> up, everybody? Thanks for clicking on the show here today. We really appreciate it. We're still five days a week here in the offseason until we tell you otherwise. I think we're the only Yankee show that does that. Just throwing that out there. Uh, so thanks so much for clicking today. Of course, the Hall of Fame 2024 ballots are out, and there are eight former Yankees on it. We're going to discuss that later on in the show. Also, the Yankees were tied to then-free agent starting pitcher Aaron Nola. No longer free agent pitcher starting starting pitcher Aaron Nola. <laughs> Thoughts on that, the fallout, and what the Yankees can do now that he is gone and going back to Philly. But first, Stacey, Zach Britton, former Yankee, has retired. Officially, as of Monday, came out and told The Athletic. The Athletic picked up the story, and then everybody else picked up the story, and there was parts of that. Concerning the Yankees, which we'll get to here in a second, but Stacy, what legacy does Zach Britton leave behind? Ooh. See, okay, I feel bad because one of his last big moments was giving up the home run in the Field of Dreams game before he like really fell off there. But I feel like Yankee fans appreciated what Zach Britton did in his time with the team. Um, you know, he was one of the team reps. He was very um, open and funny and did a lot of behind the scenes stuff uh, during spring training. And I found him very engaging, but I loved his pitching. I thought he was great. And I was excited to get him when the Yankees got him. And again, I feel bad that one of his last big moments with the Yankees was giving up that home run in that game, that insane game in the cornfields. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, he spoke about that in the athletic, which I, of course I always do. We'll leave the link in the episode description. It's the athletic. You need a subscription. Uh, to read it, but we'll take some quotes from it here. This is a great reporting done by Brittany Giroli. She always is an incredible writer, if you don't know her. Um, so Zach Britton was actually talking about that Field of Dreams game, and this is what he said. I remember smashing my iPad. I wasn't pitching well. I knew I needed Tommy John, and you just mm -hmm. want to step up for your team. Uh, former Orioles manager Buck Showalter used to say, you are never defined by your worst moment. And I thought about that the next day. If that's my worst moment in the big leagues, I had a pretty damn good career. That quote always stuck with me. I don't think Buck's managing career should be defined by me not pitching in a game, the Orioles 2016 AL wildcard loss in Toronto. I have a lot of respect for Buck, and that quote really helped me get over that blown save. So, I mean, yes, we, we all know that that was a big moment. That was, a, I mean, MLB still shows the, the Tim Anderson walk-off <laughs> in the cornfield, right? And that, that was a massive moment for baseball. Yeah. It completely... Um, made that game that whole idea come to life like obviously from the yankees perspective it was awful but right. from mlb's perspective like it was amazing like that was exactly everything i mean that whole ninth that, inning was amazing because the yankees you know scored in the ninth went ahead and then the white Sox did what they did so like even yes. if you just condensed it to that one inning and just showed that perpetually yeah. people would be like wow baseball is really fun 
<laughs> yeah, it was a it was a great marketing moment for yeah. baseball, which yeah. they always need. <laughs> but um, I, I really like that. You know, obviously it's now hindsight and it's been years and, and Zach Britton had a, a good career. And, you know, obviously what he did with uh, the union and stuff, too, like he did a lot of union stuff. He was a player rep and all that kind of thing. So um, I do love that perspective about yeah. it all. That's that's it's that's the, what you want to take away from it. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, but other things, Stacy, when it comes to Yankee stuff, he he did talk about the Yankees and his thoughts on what their biggest issues are from an outsider's and insider's perspective. So I'm going to mm -hmm. go ahead and read some quotes here again. This is still from that same athletic article. Quote, when I was with the Orioles, you were intimidated to play them. He's talking about the Yankees. They had so much talent. The way they carried themselves, you didn't want to go to New York because you they were so imposing, and I feel like we've lost a little of that when I was there. How do you get back to that? For me, with the Yankees' budget, they should get the best players. They have, to some extent, but really building powerhouses to make it a place people want to play. I remember hearing people say, oh, I don't want to go to New York, and it blew my mind. He continues to say, that was the most eye-opening thing, talking to, talking to opposing players and them saying, it's not the same coming in there. It's not as intimidating as a place. When I was a young player, the pinnacle was to play for the Yankees because they were so good. I don't know the one thing to get them back uh, to those older teams used to beat you in, but those other older teams used to beat you in so many ways. They were so well-rounded. It wasn't, oh, let's just keep, keep it in the ballpark. They could single you to death, steal a base, walk. I think they've got to find a way to get back to that. Stacy, your thoughts on all of that from Zach Britton. Um, I hope someone sent that to Hal and Brian Cashman. That was my first thought when I saw those quotes. My second thought was, he's right. He's on the nose. He's, it, it's, yes, no one is intimidated to play the Yankees anymore. People go into Yankee Stadium and walk all over them these days. It's not the same as it was. Because when Britain was first coming up, you know, the Yankees and the Orioles were kind of like tangling in uh, that, was it the ALDS in 2012? Where, you know, back and forth in the Raul game and, you know, Raul Abanez coming in for Alex Rodriguez, pinch hitting and hitting the game tying home run in the bottom of the ninth and then hitting the game winning home run. And, you know, Yankee Stadium was the loudest I had heard it in new Yankee Stadium. Like it was even louder than 09 that game. That game was insane. And from the time where, you know what I feel where I feel like the break was? It was the literal break. I feel like when Derek Jeter broke his ankle in the ALCS in 2012, like a lot of things changed after that. And it kind of, I feel like that's the, uh, what's that word? The uh, delineation? The, 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 the inflection point? Yeah, or like the line where things change. And I feel like it was Derek Jeter's broken ankle that kind of changed things around the Yankees. And, you know, the Yankees had some good moments since then. 2017 was a fun team. The 2019 team was a good team. They took the Astros to six games in the ALCS. But he's right. In the beginning of the 2010s, when they had just won the World Series and they were still like an intimidating team and you had Jeter and you had Cano and you had A-Rod. And it was, it was that kind of a team where they were tough and just something happened in the second half of the 2010s and coming into the 2020s. And we're almost to the mid-2020s now and something needs to change. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, obviously, that something needs to change. We've been, you know, talking about that all offseason here. I'm not going to belabor too many points, but if you can kind of whittle it down a little bit. I mean, he touched on multiple things, right? Like just building the powerhouse and going out and getting the free agents. We've kind of touched on that here uh, during this offseason and, you know, 
this isn't the biggest free agent market, obviously, right now. There are pieces, but there's not necessarily like completely rebuild your team because of of uh, what's out there. But if you can kind of uh, pinpoint it a little, Stace, on what you could use, what would you use? Like what what would you do rather uh, to kind of turn this team around and, and kind of try and get back to that level? Oof. Um, well, I, I like how he said that, you know, you have the big budget to make changes and you have the big budget to go out and do things and they're just not doing it. Um, and I don't know why, like you're the Yankees, you're, you're supposed to be intimidating. You're supposed to be the evil empire. You're supposed to be the, the team that buys championships and it just doesn't happen. Um, I mean, they don't have to go full turn and turn into the evil empire again, but we need to see some of that again. I would like to see some big moves made this offseason. Like the biggest moves that you can make, make them, Hal. Like do something because something needs to be done. But I like the way he kind of called them out. And it's interesting from his perspective. He has both of those perspectives. As a young kid coming up with the Orioles, he saw how intimidating the Yankees were. And when he was with the Yankees, he was kind of like, yeah, it's cool playing here, but it's not the same. Like I wanted to be on the team that everyone was like, ugh, going into Yankee Stadium to play. And Hal needs to do something to make it that way again. I don't know what, yeah. but. <laughs> I mean, clearly, when you when you're looking at the AL East too, it's it's not a single horse leading the race. You know, no. like there there is legitimate competition, and I think that's something that obviously, you know, in the early 2000s and all that, they they clearly had nearly the same amount of teams and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's where you kind of get at the slowing down of Yankees championships. That definitely comes into play. It's just the sheer amount of teams that still ex that exist now, as opposed into the early to mid 1900s, right? When you're looking at those, wow, they won it back to back to back to back to back. It's like, yeah, well, it's not the same. You can't compare. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the competition is steeper clearly now than it was back in the 1900s. Uh, but yeah, by comparison to the to late 1990s uh, into the 2000s and into you play you know, more rounds also, you know, yeah, you it's, have more. It's a, it, it's a different game. It is yeah, a different game. Because back then That's in like the 30s and 40s, they were literally going from like the regular season into the World Series. Then you had the LCS, but there was no DS and then the D. So yeah. it, it's it's just different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not not to not to make excuses. I don't, I don't want no. to come off as I'm making excuses here, but no. it, it is a different game. Mm -hmm. But yes, uh, I'm not going to say they haven't opened the, the checkbook because clearly they just inked a bunch of guys to big, big contracts. So that's not the problem. We've always talked about it in this way. It's it's signing the right players, signing the right personnel and, and moving in the right direction, applying your analytics correctly. Um, you know, playing, and just playing having the kids when you should. Yeah, just having the right <laughs> sense of direction. You can excuse not winning at any level, um, if you could see the direction of the team, which we've belabored a hundred times on this show, it's confusing what the direction of the team is at this very moment. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, let us know how you're feeling about Zach Britton's quotes here. Is he wrong? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? We're curious. Let us know in the comments section. And while you're down there, of course, you can leave your questions for Fan Mail Friday. That's coming up the day after Thanksgiving. So get them in now. You can drop them. Reply to that pinned comment here on the YouTube side. If you want guaranteed answers, you can always join the Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club. There's a 14-day free trial in the episode description. Of course, there's a whole bunch of really cool perks, too. You can pitch ideas for the show. You can ask us questions whenever. And you also get in integrated into the show on a regular basis. So check it out. 14-day free trial. See if you like it. All right. Coming up next, Stacey Aaron Nola signs with the Phillies. The fallout of that. And what can the Yankees do next?
Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Now, it's Thanksgiving week. The Jets are welcoming Miami to MetLife Stadium on Friday afternoon, a rare Friday afternoon NFL game, while the Giants will be playing on Sunday, also in MetLife Stadium. It's going to be a busy weekend in New Jersey. And of course, you can bet on all three Thanksgiving games as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Back now on Locked On Yankees. Hey, everydayers out there, don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel here on YouTube. It's great. Top stories, top hosts, top shows, all that. And it's great background music or great background sound. You're always looking for something to put on in the background. Just check that out. That's like my that's my best pitch. It's like it's like when you go to the gym and like ESPN's just playing or whatever. You know, now you just have the 24-7 locked on channel. It's great. Same thing. Go check it out. Like ESPN yeah, just, News. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. Just look it up. 24-7 streaming channel. It's locked on sports today. And if you're fans of like certain areas, there's also like an LA one and there's, you know, there's other ones that are city based. So if you're looking for that, there's not a New York one yet. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> there is the sports today. So biggest, biggest stories. All right. One of the biggest stories, Stacey, of the offseason already here. Aaron Nola officially signs with the Phillies returning to Philadelphia. Uh, this happened just the other day. I wanted to talk about it here on this show. He signs with the Phillies for seven years, 172 million. There were some other offers out there. The Braves checked in. Uh, I know there was another, I think the Giants also sent something, saw that. So. Um, but he signed seven years, 172. And just to kind of reiterate for our everydayers out there about the MLB trade rumors projections, Super close. They predicted six years, 150. So they were pretty darn close. Um, Stacey Yanks were obviously interested in Aaron Nola. We saw that report just prior to the weekend, this past weekend. So your thoughts here before we get into what can happen now that the Yankees, uh, to our knowledge, didn't make a pitch, maybe didn't get a chance to because it happened I rather think, quickly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Nola's, Nola's returning to Philly. Yeah, I think I think it was a quick thing. I think he he just was like, I like it here. And I'm going to stay here. Like he didn't even test anything. It's before Thanksgiving. And he's already like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sign for seven years with Philly. Like he didn't even entertain. I don't think anything. Cause I, I don't know. Do you feel like if you were a free agent, you would try to entertain as many offers as you could possibly do? Or would you be like that and think, I like it here. I do well here. I'm comfortable here. I might as well just stay and get this kind of an offer. I mean, I think it, it obviously depends on the team that you're playing for. The Phillies mm -hmm. have clearly shown a willingness to uh, invest in both fronts on the free agent side and, of course, on the prospect side. They have plenty of homegrown talent while also going out and getting guys like Bryce Harper, right? Like they clearly <laughs> know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so I think from that perspective, also from the perspective of the ballpark and the fan base and the city, like it's a really good situation in Philadelphia. Let's let's be frank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're clearly on the up and up. They're clearly contenders and they're clearly a powerhouse in baseball right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would sign, <laughs> I feel like I would get it. I totally get it. Yeah. I'm not going, what I'm going. Right. Oh yeah. Cool. That's yeah. I'm, I'm more like, wow, he went to free agency. 
like I, I'm more like, oh, I'm surprised they didn't just sign an extension. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's actually true too. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I, I was know. more shocked that he went to free agency in the first place. So yeah, um, you know what's other weirdly weird part of this, Stacey? Um, this this news was maybe the most sound I've seen r slash Yankees on Reddit. <laughs> Interesting. Everyone was like, "Good for him! Congratulations!" I was just like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Where did this come from?" Uh, no one's <laughs> screaming and yelling, and I didn't see the name Cashman anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, good for Aaron Noah, man. That's great. Uh, I'm happy for Philly fans, man. Like he's such a big part of that team, and is he the ace? No, but uh, I'm super happy for him. Um, but yeah, it, it makes sense. It makes yeah. total sense. Like it's not, it's not an instance. Like this isn't like you said. Uh, it's it is kind of shocking that everyone on Reddit was calm, but it is that situation. <laughs> like, you know, the Yankees didn't really have a horse in the race here because I mean, there was really like, uh, maybe like a 1%, not even a 1% chance that Aaron Nola would even entertain an offer from the Yankees. I feel like in his head, he was like, no, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the yeah, Phillies. That's you know? back, yeah. Yeah. He feels like a, a Philly for a life kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Right. So Congratulations to him, man. That's that's awesome. Super, super happy for him and his family. Um, but what's next? Right? The the Yankees were tied to him. They clearly had expressed some interest. How far that interest went, we don't know. Um, we will likely never know. But we wanted to run down some some of the free agents here that are still left. Obviously, Stacy, the big one, the big two, really, the big two that aren't named Shohei Otani, which we've talked about a thousand times. Or we're not <laughs> um, but yeah. the realistic ones that the Yankees could potentially be going after to to shore up the rotation here. Obviously, we just did a Blake Snell making the case. If you haven't watched that, go watch that here on the YouTube side, or if you're on an audio, just scroll back a couple episodes. Um, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is officially posted now. So yep. teams have a couple days to uh, negotiate with him and talk to him to start getting the ball rolling there. Oh, they have a while to do it, actually. Yeah. Weeks. Um, so they can do that. I wanted to pitch some ones that we haven't really talked about, Stace. Eduardo Rodriguez opted out of Detroit. Your thoughts on that side? Yeah, I thought that was interesting because there was that whole thing during the trade deadline where there was that rumor that he didn't want to you know, he didn't want to go to a certain place because he wanted to be away from his family. But then he came out and said, no, that's not true. I would have gone somewhere. So <laughs> I feel like to go to LA, I guess. Yeah. Maybe he didn't want to go to LA. Um, but that would be an interesting option because uh, he does throw with his left hand. Right. I'm thinking of the right person. That's always, that's always the, the front is just like, that's where the yeah, state it's start. Like, number one. That's <laughs> my big thing. Does hand. he throw with his left hand? Because yes, um, uh, that would be an intriguing option i think <laughs> yeah i'd be curious of what kind of contract he's looking for if he's trying to get like the one year two year plus options kind of thing again I, I plus really al know. east experience with the red Sox, so yeah. you know he knows what it's like to pitch in the al east which is always good because i feel like i feel like that's a thing i feel like that that needs to be some sort of like um benchmark for people like oh you pitched in the al east okay you're a little bit higher than other people because you know how crazy it is <laughs> what do i say stace doesn't hurt. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd be curious on what his contract is looking like. Uh, another guy I'm curious about is Michael Lorenzen. Mm. Like, I mean, he 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 jumped over, he jumped ship at the deadline, uh, and he I think he's proven that he could be a starting pitcher in the majors. I don't know if that's necessarily the guy that they're looking for. Mm. Um, as far as Eduardo Rodriguez, he's obviously more proven starter in the majors. Michael Lorenzen has been doing it for the last couple of years uh, on a full time basis, and he's pitched well. Clearly, just through a no no. Um, but I'm curious what that looks like. 
both of these guys, I feel like they slot around the four spot in the Yankees rotation right now, kind of yeah. like Nestor territory. Um, Lucas Giolito is super strange to me. Um, he's obviously a great pitcher. I think he's a really good pitcher, but uh, he ran through some personal issues last year. He was going through a divorce and they got traded and then he got DFA'd and then it, it was, ugh. it was a mess. Or he got, didn't get DFA'd. He got wavered um, in Anaheim. That was a total mess. Jack Flaherty is an interesting one to me too. Wonder where he goes. Uh, that slots more somewhere around a four or five as well for the Yankees. Um, and then Brandon Woodruff, Stace, uh, just your thoughts on on him not returning to the Brewers. Um, he gets non-tendered. He's clearly going to miss most, if not all, of 2024 after shoulder surgery. Um, but I'm curious if he gets uh, if he ends up getting a contract here this offseason. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was actually one of the bigger news items of this past weekend, where people were like, "Whoa!" when it came out, and people were, you know, I actually saw some Yankee fans who were like we should take a flyer on him. And I'm like, what? Like, cause I was kind of surprised that Yankee fans were so quick to be like, yeah, we should. It's like, hello injury. I mean, I know it's shoulder surgery, but still injury and shoulder pitcher shoulder. Hello. Um, <laughs> but it would be interesting to see where um, he would go or who would take a flyer on him. Cause I mean, he's good and like, <laughs> you know, so young. Yeah. He has a chance to recover from this and be really great. Um, Giolito, God, what a rough year. Like you said, you went through everything. Um, but I feel like, and we joked about this before the show, but his buddy went to the Braves, Ronaldo Lopez. And I feel like <laughs> maybe the Braves will take a flight because, you know, the Braves do need pitching. So um, maybe yes. they'll take a chance on Lucas Giolito and try to get him right, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I Again, I'm, I think Woodruff's the most curious case here on if he gets a contract or not, because I'm just like, is someone going to do like, all right, we'll do two years and we'll give you like 20. Yeah. Or 24. So it's like, okay, we're really playing 24 mil for one year with an option or whatever. I'm just, I, it's a fascinating thing. Yeah. Because like he's the clear structure when he's, of it would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He's clearly good. Clearly. Yes. It's just that, you know, he's going to miss pretty much all of next year. And like, if you don't swoop him up as some other team do it, you know, it's like kind of that fun bidding war type of thing. So I'm curious. Yeah, I'd like to be a fly on the wall in inside front offices right now who are thinking about coming up with something to get him like what they would be, what they're thinking would be. That'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a young, it's like a young Clayton Kershaw. Like if Clayton mm. Kershaw was younger, right? Because Kershaw's going to miss a good chunk of twenty twenty four too, because he yeah. has surgery already in the off season. Clearly, Hall of Fame. So that's different. But yeah. <laughs> same idea. Same idea. Yeah. Uh, let us know how you're feeling about these guys that we've kind of pitched. Let us know if you want to making the case on any of these players. I'm very curious if you guys want any of that. Um, those have been a whole bunch of fun. All right, we're gonna step aside one more time. When we come back. Eight. Former Yankees up for Hall of Fame in 2024. Let's discuss that next. Back now on Locked On Yankees, our final segment here on this Tuesday show. Stacy, some former Yankees up for the Hall of Fame. I'm throwing that up on screen now here for the YouTube viewers. The Hall of Fame ballot officially released. Some interesting names on here, some returning, some new guys. Um, Stace, the former Yankees here, Bobby Abreu, Carlos Beltran, Bartolo Colon, Andrew Jones, Matt Holliday, Andy Pettit, A-Rod, and Gary Sheffield. Of those, 2024, who do you think has the best chance? Ooh. Uh, mm, I don't know. I was thinking Sheffield, but not really, even though it's his last year of eligibility. Um 
you know, even though he has the home runs and he has the longevity, the writers are just really <laughs> against him, as you can tell, because it's his last year of eligibility. I don't know. I don't know if any of those guys have any kind of a chance right now to get in. I mean, Andrew Jones was pretty close last year. That's true. That's true. I liked when he was on the Yankees. He was only here for a brief time, but he was fun. Um, he hit a home run in Minnesota into the third deck of Target Field. And I will never forget, Mark Teixeira made the funniest face I've ever seen him make because he couldn't believe where that home run landed. Like he looked like the uh, screaming picture was a Van Gogh, the face, like that's <laughs> what he looked like. And uh, that's one of my favorite Andrew Jones moments because, uh, you know, he was older when he played with the Yankees. Everyone forgets he was a baby when he started. He was 19 in the 96 World Series. He was even younger wow. than me. And I was in college watching that World Series. And I, when I remember being like, He's younger than me. That's crazy. So um, I liked his time with the Yankees. So, yeah, I forgot about him. He probably has the best chance out of everyone. I feel bad for Sheffield because this is his last year and he's probably going to miss. And <sighs> yeah, you know, and Pettit, Pettit was a good postseason pitcher. He was OK yeah. in the regular season, but he stepped up in the postseason. And I feel like that isn't enough for him to get into the hall of fame. Um, he's in Yankee fans hall of fame in their heart, yeah. you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, sure. A rod's never making it. Um, and Beltron, you know, he's the whole, <laughs> he didn't help himself with the cheating thing. It's like, Oh man, yeah. uh, he was fun yeah. too when he was with the Yankees, but of course he was signed with the Yankees a decade too late. Nice job. Cashman. Instead of Bartolo here, Stace Bartolo. I know Bartolo. That's an interesting. I feel like uh, for the memes, I just want it. I know. <laughs> I mean, clearly he was a great player. Like, I mean, Cy Young award winner, like all-star games, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, there's some interesting first year guys on here. Chase Utley's on here now that, that one is fascinating to me. Oof, man. Chase Utley's like, he's such like a fringe guy. Yeah. Right. He's so fringe. And, um, like David Wright, like clearly he was talented enough, but did he play enough? Like, how do they see that? Mm. Um, yeah, that's a Aegon, rough one. Like Adrian Gonzalez, that's a fringe guy for me. There's a lot of like really good halls of Hall of Fame here, right? Like Hall yeah. of Really Goods or Hall list. of Very Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hall of Very Good, like Tori Hunter, Jose Bautista is now on this list. Yeah, it's great. Like Adrian, Bel Adrian Beltre feels like. I think he. I don't know if he's first ballot, but. I feel like he's there. He might be there. I'm not sure about first ballot, which I think is just ridiculous. Like if a guy is a Hall of Famer, just put him in yeah, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is kind of a funny conversation. It's so annoying. It's not the 1930s, you know, where the writers were just jackasses and gate. Like they were real gatekeepers back there. Yes. Like, you, you know, oh, a guy can't win MVP two years in a row, even if he is the best player, because we don't do that. Like uh, just vote someone in if you like them and think they're a Hall of Famer. Like a Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer. It shouldn't matter what ballot they're on. Like it's so dumb. Yeah. That's why I don't like when it takes guys eight, nine years to get in. They're finally like, oh, I can't believe I'm finally in. It's like, yeah, because some of these guys are finally leaving and smarter people are going into the voting block. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here, Stace. I'm gonna give you two votes. Obviously, that's not how voting works, but this is this is fun. This, okay. let's just have a little bit of fun here. Okay. If you had two votes to put any of these guys in. Who are you going with? Mm, a Rod for the lulls, just because. <laughs> of course, piss, right away. It would piss people off, and probably Andrew Jones. I would say Andrew Jones. Okay, I like that. I like yeah. that. 
<laughs> um, man, see, oh, now, now I've really pigeonholed myself because there's a couple of guys on here that I just really, really like. Like, I love K-Rod. K-Rod was a big part of my life growing up and becoming a baseball fan. Um, I really loved Adrian Gonzalez, too. I know I'm picking West Coast guys here. Um, <laughs> I think for just just for his games against the Mets, his career against the Mets, I go Chase, Chase Utley. Utley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, man, I love Aegon, but uh, K-Rod's so huge in my life, dude. I, I, oh, my God, I loved K-Rod so much. Um, he meant everything to me. So I'm going to go K-Rod and Chase Utley. Yeah, I was I was laughing at some of the comments I saw because, God, my fans hate, hate oh, yeah. Chase Utley. Oh, oh my God. Like, I'm trying to think of... I feel like Met fans hate Chase Utley more than Yankee fans hate Jose Altuve. Like it's bad. Oh yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so don't, and don't forget Dodger stuff too. Like not yeah. just Philly yeah. stuff. Right, it's Dodger don't stuff forget too. The Chase, don't forget the Chase Utley rule. Yeah, oof. Yeah, it's just when I saw that, I knew it was happening, but it was just like, oof. I was looking and I was like, oh god. That was a brutal these... slide. That was a yeah. brutal slide. Yeah, that was insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let us know who you guys would vote for. Uh, this is an interesting ballot. Again, it's a lot of guys that are like fringe, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Adrian Beltre is going to get in eventually. I think eventually, too. I feel like two or three times yeah. it might take him to do it, which is, again, dumb. Just vote them in. But yeah, interesting. There's a lot of, re- there, there's a lot of really good players on here, man. They're really. Yeah. There's really. A lot of great players on this list. That's yeah. Crazy, it's, man. But, but none of them really... are just like. None of them are. It's not like, I don't know. The last time I feel like we had like a no way, of course, it was like Ken Griffey it was like, mm. duh. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or like, like Mo. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just like, duh. Of course, what have you been doing? Like, none of these guys in my head jump out like that. Right. Not that yeah. Level. It's been a while, too, because, you know, you had like Maddox and, and, um, Glavin and Smoltz and like that era and Randy Johnson and yeah, yeah. like that sort of thing where you're just like, oh, yeah. When yeah, you look like, at this one, doing? And you're thinking, okay, like, you know, in regular circumstances, if some of these guys didn't do dumb things, they'd have a better (laughs) chance of getting into the Hall of Fame. I'm looking. Well, because a lot of them, too, Stace. uh, (laughs) Nice. A lot of them, too, are like their highs, like James Shields highs. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's the longevity. A lot of these guys is longevity. David Wright, the highs. Oh, my God. Right. But again, Joe Mauer, the highs. My God. Like, yeah, it's just. It's just the longevity. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, let us know uh, what you guys are thinking about this and everything else we talked about in today's episode. Stace got another big week here on Lockdown Yankees. What do we got coming up? Uh, this is going to be a fun one. Well, I don't know if it's going to be fun for us, but it's going to be fun for the fans of the show because we're going to be looking at our worst takes from this past season, which there are a plenty. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. There's a good chunk of them. We're going to be reacting to them. That's coming up this week, so make sure to hit subscribe. Don't forget to join the Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club to be essentially a producer of this show, just like (laughs) me. Uh, And, of course, don't forget to check out the Lockdown Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel. Just search it here on YouTube and throw it on in the background whenever you see fit. And that's going to do it for today's Lockdown Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We'll see you tomorrow.